RadioInfluence.com. The countdown is on to fight time. This is Big Fight Weekend. Now, here is your host, T.J. Reeves. Well, here we go, and I am amped. WBC World Heavyweight Championship fight coming Saturday evening. Deontay Wilder, American champ, making the ninth defense of his WBC belt, taking on England's Tyson Fury 12-round main event, Staples Center in Los Angeles. It is on Showtime pay-per-view, and we are ready to preview it for you here as part of Big Fight Weekend. Great to have you. I am your humble host, and I am excited. Whenever there is an American heavyweight that's involved, you take special interest. This is going to be a theme throughout the show. And Deontay Wilder, Tuscaloosa, Alabama, a guy that has risen to prominence basically from nothing uh, all the way to his amateur career, his bronze medal in the 2008 Olympics in the heavyweight division in Beijing, Uh, self-made now after that worked his way up as a professional eventually winning the wbc heavyweight championship back in 2015 and has continued to defend it over and over and over again so let's give credit where it's due to wilder as he gets set to take on tyson fury a guy that formerly held all the belts the unified heavyweight championship but shortly after winning a unanimous decision over vladimir klitschko to clinch that unified heavyweight championship back in 2015 he ended up being stripped of all of those belts basically unable to fight an odyssey for him involving mental illness drug use although not failed drug tests but drug use and more than a two and a half year layoff still fury undefeated at 27 and 0 19 knockouts he's huge as you're going to hear about in this preview at 69 and some 250 260 pounds the fighters will be weighing in on friday evening uh, for this fight in los angeles we'll see how much fury weighs wilder expected to come in somewhere around 235 240 pounds these are big dudes that are going to be throwing big blows coming up as part of big fight weekend so i'm excited to help preview it here uh big punching power from both of these fighters should be a lot of excitement so again whether you found us through radio influence or you found us uh, via itunes stitcher google play whatever the case is wherever you hear apple Podcasts, tune in any of that search big fight weekend and subscribe and make sure that you are part of this show all right I have a litany of guests here to join me. Coming up straight ahead, Deshaun Tate will be here. He's one of my go-to guys, an analyst out of Atlanta, a huge fight fan. He's going to be talking Wilder and Fury with me here in the preview mode and what he thinks and a prediction from him, some analysis, what kind of chance does Fury have. Also on this program, we'll go across the pond. We go everywhere to try to break this down. Who better to help me than someone in the UK that is qualified, talented, and credible to break down by Boxing. He's the boxing writer. He's David Payne. His site is theboxingwriter.co.uk. You can read him there. You can read him on gambling.com. He's been a guest before on Big Fight Weekend. He's going to tell us more about Tyson Fury and what kind of chance he might or might not have against Wilder. And again, I'll probably say this a couple times during the podcast. This is a big deal in the UK and Europe. This is going to be on in the middle of the night in Britain. 
But all over the place in in Britain, in Europe, they're going to care about what Tyson Fury can or can't do with Deontay Wilder in this fight in Los Angeles, California at the Staples Center. Again, Showtime will have the television later on in the podcast. Al Bernstein, the Hall of Fame commentator with Showtime, more than 35 years of championship fights for Al. He's done over 75 big-time world title fights on various networks, including uh, basically the last eight or nine years with Showtime. So I look forward to talking with Al about this matchup, about these two big guys. Uh, He can break it down like no other. All right, what else do we have for you on the show? We're going to swing out to Los Angeles and talk with Tom Looney, my former colleague from Fox Sports Radio. Tom is a huge fight fan based in Los Angeles. He is going to make his way to the Staples Center here for this big showdown. He's been uh, to many a big boxing uh, venue and outlet. He's a huge fan of the sport. I want to get his thoughts does Los Angeles care about this fight? Looney lives there. Is L.A., is Hollywood that has all the stars, the glitz, the glamour, uh, Showtime that has LeBron now with the Lakers, that has the Dodgers, that has the Rams, that has USC football, and on and on. Do they care about this Wilder Fury fight? I'll ask Tom Looney about that uh, here in a little bit. We've got a special sponsor on this show that is Touch Vodka, bringing you Big Fight Weekend. We'll hear from Ron Bartholomew, the CMO, the Chief Marketing Officer of Touch Vodka and TouchVodka.com to tell you more about that. And the thing is, Ron's a huge fight fan. I want his thoughts on this, on this Wilder fight with Tyson Fury, so I'm excited to talk to him a little bit later on the show. You're saying, wait a minute, isn't that enough with the different interviews? I've got somebody that's going to be in the corner coming up on Saturday night of Deontay Wilder, and he's a former Olympic champion himself. We mentioned how Wilder is a bronze medalist from the 08 Olympics. Well, now some 34 years ago, Mark Breland won the Olympic gold medal in L.A., at the Los Angeles Summer Games for the Olympics, won the gold medal in the welterweight division, went on to be welterweight champion of the world. He's in Wilder's corner as Wilder's trainer. So you'll hear from Mark Breland on the ins and the outs of this fight, what concerns them about Tyson Fury, the big, burly Englishman who's 250, 260 pounds. We'll see what he weighs. What kind of threat is he going to be with 27 wins and 19 knockouts? Fury has fought a couple of times this year, names that you wouldn't know. Most of the names that he's fought you wouldn't know in the United States. This is clearly the biggest opponent he's fought since the Klitschko fight three and a half years ago. And again, for Wilder, he has been in uh, with some good competition over the course of the last four or five years. You have to believe that's advantage Wilder. Mark Breland will talk about all of that, about trying to remain calm in that corner, calm in the moment for what is an enormous fight. First pay-per-view fight of Wilder's career. He's fought on over-the-air TV. He's fought on premium cable TV. He's also... Uh, had an opportunity to fight with, with Showtime now for several of these fights as part of Premium Cable. Now this is Showtime pay-per-view. He's the headliner. Let's see how much attention this one gets. And an interesting aspect to this, which I'll you'll hear from Mark Breland. I'll put this to him. The Alabama Crimson Tide are his team. In fact, Wilder wanted to go play college football for Nick Saban in Alabama. But it turns out he did not end up playing football. He in turn, in turn took boxing, took that route to turn pro to make money. He's got a, a, uh, a daughter that has got a physical condition that's needed surgery on her spine uh, from a birth defect. He's trying to support his family, so he turned to boxing instead of Alabama football. Well, the Tide are playing the SEC championship football game on Saturday afternoon. 
And so it's roll tide for the state of the of Alabama in the afternoon against Georgia in the SEC championship football game. And then it's roll tide for Deontay Wilder against Tyson Fury on Saturday night. So that's one of the backdrops. And I'll talk to Mark Breland about that later on in the show. Again, a tremendous roll call of guests, analysts, guys from England, guys in L.A., guys that are in the corner, guys that are commentating. Uh, we're going to Atlanta to talk about this fight. We're talking about Touch Vodka as well on this show. It is jam-packed on Big Fight Weekend. And I am ready to get started. Let's go with a preview for Wilder and Fury building up to Saturday night in L.A. We are ready to roll here. Bunch of different guests, and this guy's going to lead us off as we're ready to talk Wilder Fury and the WBC Heavyweight Championship title defense as Deontay Wilder looks to remain undefeated. Los Angeles Staples Center is the site pay-per-view. He's headlining it. And to help me break it down and lead us off, I love the insight of Deshaun Tate. Tate's takes are always great when it comes to boxing. Deshaun, back with me in the preview mode. How you feeling? Are you getting amped up as we head towards Saturday evening and this Wilder Fury heavyweight bout? I am, TJ. Thanks for having me. I think my anxiety is kicking in a little bit. Uh, Man, this is going to be a a phenomenal fight. I'm really looking forward to it this weekend. Los Angeles, Deshaun Tate, TJ. We've got, you know, Wilder. We've got Fury. I mean, this is big fight weekend, exactly what it is. Man, I'm so excited. Both fighters undefeated. Fury, a huge uh, unknown, I would say. Most people in the United States that that are sports fans may know the name. They may remember him beating Klitschko. Is that the biggest, uh, I guess, curiosity about this fight? Does Tyson Fury have a whole lot besides his size? Uh, I mean, he had a virtually a three-year layoff, Deshaun. I mean, is that the intrigue here? That does, does Fury have anything here in this fight, or is he basically going to be a punching bag as this goes along for Wilder? I think that he can definitely challenge Wilder for sure. I don't think that uh, Wilder in all cases is you know, the, the smartest fighter or the, the most mechanical fighter, if you will. Sometimes Wilder's defense uh, or lack thereof kind of concerns me a little bit. Uh, but, you know, in, in the end, I think that, that he does have uh, a puncher's chance, uh, if, if you will. And it, it's going to be a really good fight, I think, you know, especially in the earlier rounds. Uh, it could be even more interesting if it starts going the distance where I think typically – Wilder could potentially we could potentially see Wilder, you know, uh, not gaining nearly as much steam around that time in the event that Wilder can go the distance with him or, or Fury can go the distance with him. If he can stick around in there long enough and take some of those big power punches. But one of the biggest keys, obviously, here is uh, the kind of conditioning that Fury will enter the squared circle in because of the simple fact that we know that Wilder will be in tip top shape. That's for sure. Yeah, no doubt. We've seen, you know, the bronze bomber leading up to this fight, all the promotional stuff and whatever. He looks ripped. We haven't seen a whole lot of fury. I mean, there was a there was like a media workout where he had on a couple of layers of clothes and you weren't real sure how much more does he have around the waistline than Wilder here. Uh, and, and you wonder, you, you wonder until we see it. Uh, and, and, and Wilder starts testing him physically, endurance-wise, if that's going to be a big deal. The guy's fought a couple of times this year, but basically has only fought twice in almost 
four years, three and a half years of action. So we'll find out on that aspect. Um, you know, uh, I'm going to get into this with a lot of different guests. When when boxing is at its best, the heavyweight division is of the most interest. And Deontay mm-hmm. Wilder has kind of brought that back to a degree for United States boxing fans. From your standpoint, uh, look, a lot of people are going to be interested in college football throughout the day on Saturday, and there are other things going on. But I, I have a feeling, and Showtime hopes this is the case with the pay-per-view, and, and Wilder's management and marketing people hope this is the case. People are going to gravitate to this because it's an American heavyweight champion, I believe. So therefore, there's significance here. Wilder not just uh, putting his undefeated record on the line, let's say, but the interest level of boxing is kind of riding on this. If he's good or great or spectacular, it's going to help the sport. What are your thoughts there, Deshaun? I think it definitely will. I mean, in, in the at the end of the day, you know, regardless of when you decide to uh, kind of schedule these fights or whatnot, you know, if you if, if this got heavyweight on there, we're talking about big championship implications here, WBC championship. Hey, if, if, if we're looking at it from a standpoint of you know just boxing and overall, um, um, two really good boxers well-known names. I mean, we're not talking about Wilder getting in there with somebody, with a no-name guy. Now, granted, I would have liked to see this fight, you know, happen and maybe taking place after um, after Fury got the, the win over Vladimir Klitschko, who hadn't lost in about a decade or a little more probably. But uh, I definitely would have liked to see it happen around that time. But at the end of the day, I love the fact that what boxing has that will benefit and going for itself is the fact that these are two guys who are not shying away from each other. They both wanted to get this thing done, and more importantly for the viewers, and, and it happened. And I don't think that you see that regardless of the weight classes. You don't see that enough in boxers nowadays where you're getting guys in their prime years and so forth. I'm glad that they're deciding to go ahead and do it at this time. Before we start having conversations about this being pushed back to a later date, and then one guy's not in his prime and the other guy got more trouble and this guy didn't make weight and this and that and people having more personal issues going on more than anything, I'm glad that they're making it right now. Maybe the two of them are not necessarily both of them uh, at their, at their uh, tip-top um, um, you know, condition uh, or, 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 or prime years of their age, but I think Wilder certainly is and I think he's going to bring it and the kind of competitor that I think Fury is, regardless of, any of those things, I think that he's going to bring it as well, and it should make for a really good fight on Saturday night in L.A. Well, and, and obviously it's something where Fury was calling out Wilder three years ago before all the problems, and so really it's three years in the making, and, and it's one of those where they kind of need each other. I, I was thinking about this when you were giving your answer there. Wilder needs notoriety worldwide, and in the U.K., sure. in Europe, and we're going to have a guest on here in a little bit, David Payne from over in the U.K. does a great job with his website, theboxingwriter.co.uk. He gives us the insight. He's been on uh, several times here on Big Fight Weekend, giving us kind of the European, the English, the British point of view. This is a big deal in England and in the UK that Fury is fighting this fight. It gives Wilder credibility if he can win this, depending again on what Fury looks like. Fury needs this fight because I, I think that everybody wants to know, all right, is the guy's heart still in it? This this is the current one version of the heavyweight championship. 
the, the champ that he's going against is undefeated. Nobody's beaten him, and it's a way back for Fury. If he can win, it's a way back to big time money, big time stardom, big time fights. So they kind of they need each other uh, in that way. This is going to be another theme throughout the podcast. What do you make of it being in Los Angeles? So many huge fights in the United States: Las Vegas, New York, Atlantic City. This one in Hollywood, Deshaun. What is Tate's take about the glitz and the glamour of the of, of the Hollywood aspect here of Deontay Wilder fighting there? I think it's a great idea. You know, I, I you know when you think about um, boxing, you think about all of those things. People want to come out with their flyest clothes and. And, 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 you know, we like to call it drip. The, the new school teacher, I'm going to get you a custom set. We call it drip. Everybody want to come out with the cleanest drip and the flyest <laughs> wear and who's got the latest this and the jewelry full flash and uh, New York City or whatever. Uh, you, you typically do think about, you know, LSU in one of those places considering the entertainment and everything that's surrounding it. But I, I, it makes for a very good point that both of these fighters kind of need each other. Make no mistake about it. They, 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 I think that they both, you know, kind of respect each other uh, and whatnot. But one thing that I'm, I'm so far over, and I'll, I'll, be, I'll be quite honest with you, is the calling out. You know, one guy jumped in the ring after another guy's fight and called him out and started talking about let's get it on and this and that. <laughs> I'm so over the in-the-ring confrontation. I think it's bad for boxing, TJ. It makes the sport look weak. Right. It makes it look scripted. And it makes it look artificial. And also another thing is guaranteeing uh, knockouts. I'm so far past guys guaranteeing knockouts, getting the ring with each other, don't want to bump and touch gloves, barely beat the crap out of each other. One guy's hunting the other one down. The other guy's running around the ring for 12 rounds. And the next thing you know, they're hugging it out at the end. <laughs> if you're going to see a knockout, I need to see a knockout. Give the people what they want. Now, in these heavyweight fights, you're going to get a lot more of that right. than you typically would in some of these flyweights. But I'm excited about it. The battle of the two undefeated, and not only just fighting for something, but how about a guy like Deontay Wilder who's fighting for his daughter who was born with a spinal birth defect? I think some of those things kind of start making a little bit of a difference when you start talking about a guy getting in the square circle with another guy who potentially might not even be ready. I feel a little bad if I'm Tyson Fury, but he got in the ring, caught him out, and I think it's going to make for an extremely good match if he holds up. Well, and, and Wilder's such a great story. I touched on it just a little bit before you came on that, that basically he's a guy that came from the bottom up, and you see this so many times in boxing, paid his dues, fought a lot of fights in anonymity, finally got shots on the big stage, eventually won the decision in a great fight with uh, Bermain Stavern and and won the won the WBC belt has now defended it numerous times with some spectacular knockouts has been on on Showtime has been on over the air TV on 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 regular cable on premium cable now headlining a pay per view making millions uh, of dollars I mean this is a guy that was driving a beverage truck. A, a a beer truck essentially on a route while his early part of his boxing career was going on to help pay the bills. Now he can own the beverage company, Deshaun, with the way that he's been fighting and knocking people oh, out. So let's see if uh, if some of that continues. All right, so that's the backdrop for this one. I got to roll on to some other guests in a few moments. Again, the Hall of Fame broadcaster Al Bernstein will be here later. Mark Breland, the former Olympic champion, who's the trainer of Deontay Wilder, will be here. I mentioned David Payne from England that will be here and any more that are hopping on i'm going to ask everybody for their thoughts give me give me the quick deshaun tate's take what happens here is it going to be a spectacular knockout for wilder does it go the distance what are your thoughts 
I'm going to go with Wilder in a knockout. Uh, I'm not going to go as far as TKO. The concerning thing for me is it going the distance, like I mentioned before. If you let Fury kind of hang around in there and, 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 and Wilder doesn't do enough to necessarily win the fight, uh, I think when we start talking about by going by decision, it's a little bit more on the complicated side to name Wilder as the victor. But I think that he'll get him out of there in nine. But another part that concerns me just a little bit is Fury might potentially be the better boxer here, while Wilder is the better brawler. A contrast of styles of sorts is going to be interesting, but I'm going to go nine rounds with Wilder on this one until proven otherwise. Oh, a stoppage. I, I do believe, and I may say this again later on here on Big Fight Weekend, I don't. Uh, well, Fury's going to have to be overwhelming to get a decision in the United States in this setting. I know you can say what you want about judges and blah blah blah. I mean, he would have to be overwhelming over twelve rounds to get a decision over Wilder. I don't think it comes to that either. So I like your prediction there. Again, we encourage you to follow this man on social media at Tate's Take Sports. Check that out. Uh, check him out online. I love his insight when it comes to boxing. He's based in Atlanta. Does a great job giving me. Some uh, some preview feedback, some some uh, insight and analysis, and I always love the recaps too. Hey, let's hope it's a good one. Let's hope it's a spectacular one. I look forward to seeing it. Deshaun, thanks for the time here on Big Fight Weekend. That's right. Thank you so much. At Taste Taste Sports, T A T E S T A K E Sports. TJ Deshaun Tate Wilder, the whole nine LA. I'm looking forward to it will be Saturday night. It will be Wilder versus Fury for the heavyweight championship piece that Wilder owns, the WBC heavyweight title. In the United States Showtime pay-per-view will have it, and uh, it should be exciting. Staples Center, Los Angeles is the setting. Both fighters undefeated, and as we come back in, I'm ready to get some unique perspective. Love having this guy on as part of Big Fight Weekend. David Payne is the boxing writer at theboxingwriter.co.uk over in the United Kingdom. Who better to give us some insight into Fury than David Payne, who's back with me. Good to have you in the preview mode here. I'll let the audience know that we are talking midweek, so I guess the first question is we welcome you. How excited is the UK for this heavyweight title fight that is coming now on Saturday night? I think that it's great to be here, TJ. It's, uh, I think the excitement's growing. It's on getting more and more excited with every passing day the the significance of this bout and and all the characters involved make it an exciting prospect and i think slowly the uk is waking up to 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 the fight and to the storylines involved and um, i think there'll be there'll be a a good audience over here in the uk when it comes to saturday night even though it'll be the early hours of course absolutely middle of the night uh sunday morning um, in the UK. All right, for Tyson Fury, uh, again, I, I lean on your insight. Long inactivity, couple of fights now in 2018, but it basically not fought for two and a half years. Give me the assessment. Do, do we know that he is mostly back to previous form? Is it still an unknown because of such a long time period of inactivity? What is your assessment, David, of Fury? It has to be an unknown, TJ, doesn't it? It has to be an unknown. The, the, the evidence we've seen in the two fights he's had uh, with Pianetta and Seferi didn't offer enough to suggest he was back to where he was um, when he beat Klitschko in November 2015. Um, I think any any good judge 
would have suggested he needed he needed another fight or two at a, a, a progressively more difficult steps to harden his body, to sharpen his skill, uh, his timing uh, and his reflex. Um, but Tyson's never done anything by conventional route. And here we are again. He's making a leap from a circuit European fighter to one of the best two in the world who's a destructive puncher. So it's um, it's an enormous leap. And we won't really know until the rounds begin to unfold. Um, so <laughs> that's that's one of the intangibles that, I, that, that I've mentioned. Um, I hope he is. I hope he's as, as ready as aesthetically he's beginning to look. Um, but there's a difference between looking sharp in the gym and actually doing it under the lights. And again, for Fury, in this case, he's a 30-year-old. There was some inactivity there. He is unbeaten. He does have 19 wins by knockout. For a lot of our audience that is in the United States that may not have seen him fight a bunch, we know he's big. We know he beat Klitschko. If he is, if he is right, if he is good, what what will be the telltale sign? What will look good early and as the fight goes on that he's doing well that tells us, hey, Fury has got some of what he had back in 2014 and 2015 still in him. I think it'll be um, it'll be his mobility. Um, there'll be there'll be confidence in his mobility rather than it being something of a. What's the word? A kind of a facsimile of of, of his best previously. He, he was kind of playing in his first fight and a little in his second fight back. Um, but it, it'll be authority in his movement, in his in his footwork, um, and he'll enjoy it's probably spinning um, Young Wilder around when they're getting close, and there'll be a smile on his face more of, more than likely. If you start to see the sense that um, Fury really feels he's comfortable in there. You'll see the, you'll see the footwork great. You'll see the timing of the counter punches as as Wilder comes in, as we presume he's going to do. Um, so it'll be those things. It'll be the timing. It'll be the reflex. It'll be the foot, the footwork. The, uh, the, the, they'll they'll be the telltale signs um, that he really is on form and has done the necessary sparring and preparation that he needs if he's going to navigate potentially twelve rounds with such a big puncher. Voice of David Payne. Always love his insight, especially on British fighters, fighters in the UK. So he's an excellent resource for this Wilder Fury fight coming up. And we've uh, been previewing it here on Big Fight Weekend. Um, Okay, so there's two schools of thought. One, that when Fury fought Klitschko, Klitschko at the end of his career, basically, and Fury helping end Klitschko's career with the unanimous decision win, and that that was the best fighter, obviously, he had ever been in the ring with. Uh, the second the second school of thought is Fury has not been in there, therefore, with a puncher the same way that Wilder is, who has so many knockouts, so many early knockouts. Again, we're dealing with a little bit of an unknown here, but isn't it fair to say th- that Fury's basically been in with one big-time name, and I don't know how much of a threat Klitschko was going to be to knock him out. Clearly, Wilder is a threat to knock him out. What about that point, David? Well, you can't argue that Wilder's the most pure puncher that Fury's been in with. Um, the fact that Wilder can knock people out whilst not being in conventional positions with his feet, not shifting his weight conventionally, it shows there's a natural there's a natural puncher. It's, a, it's, it's blessed with natural power. So I, I wouldn't disagree with that conclusion that um, Wilder is the biggest puncher Fury's been in with. Um, despite the fact Klitschko's got far more knockouts. Um, 
so that's that's a very that's a very valid point. Um, but Fury, when he fought Klitschko, you could draw the conclusion that Klitschko was towards the end of his career. But the performance that Klitschko subsequently put up against the young puncher Joshua showed that Klitschko was far, was actually far from finished. And what Fury actually did was took away all the tools that Klitschko had. And he did that with boxing skill. He did that with a little bit of psychology, which you don't want to overplay or underplay. Um, but he was able to render a very experienced, high-quality operator inert. He left him powerless to do anything in the fight. And the fight went by and Klitschko just didn't land didn't land a blow and seemed confused throughout and he did that to a to, to a very wise and experienced old champion so you could therefore progress that thought process to Fury's perfectly capable of taking away Wilder's um, assets with similar movement with similar psychology with similar skill and timing and reflex um, if you could do that to Klitschko with all the tools that Klitschko had one would think the somewhat amateurish punches that Wilder throw, they will be easier to to avoid, easier to read, perhaps. And Fury might find that easier. Um, you could make that case too. There are there are so many ways to unravel this fight in preview. Um, it really is a hard fight to predict. The belief, and again, we're talking midweek before the actual fight here and before the weigh-ins that are coming before Saturday night's fight, the belief is that Fury may be as much as 30 pounds, maybe 35 pounds or more heavier than Deontay Wilder. How much of a factor that Wilder's going to be punching a bigger, stronger opponent, maybe than he's ever been in the ring with? He's been in the ring with some bigger guys and some heavy guys, but maybe not so much strength, but... What, Fury may have a 30-plus pound weight advantage. How much is that a factor, David, do you think? It has to be a factor. Weight has to be a factor. Providing Fury's carrying the weight um, productively, if you will, then it has to be a factor. And it'll be a factor more, less about the impact that Wilder's punches will have, but more about when um, they're closer in range and perhaps uh, clinching and work, trying to work inside wrestling, those will be areas in which that weight will begin to to have to have an impact. Uh, as you say, we don't know what the final weights will be, but we're anticipating that Fury is going to come in north of 250, 255, maybe even still 260, and mm. Wilder may come in 215. So it's a, it is a big disparity. And when they're in close and they're wrestling, Fury is going to tire him, and you wonder how what bearing that might have later in the fight. Um, so that it, it is a factor, I think. What is of greatest significance potentially is the fact that Fury is going to be taller than Wilder. Um, and when Wilder's trying to launch those long shots, um, Fury's going to be a long way away. Um, and Wilder's going to leave himself open to lots of counters on the inside, counter punches, etc. Uh, and how frustrated will he grow if he can't land those big shots because Fury can slip out of distance, lean back, be out of distance. I think the height, alongside the weight, but the height, the, the reach, the distance is going to be as big a as as big an issue or as big a key to victory for one or the other, and how well they uh, well they can get across that gap, and how well Fury can stay out of that gap, will be crucial as to to who ends up victorious on Saturday. <clears throat> Voice of David Payne with me for a few more moments. Again, his website is boxingwriter.co.uk. You've written on that site, and this is a point well taken. It's been made a bunch here in the last couple of years of Wilder's rise to prominence and being on Showtime and being on pay-per-view now for this fight, 
that in, in America, in the United States, you need the heavyweight division to be relevant. You need an American heavyweight to be relevant to pique the interest. You've written about this on your site. Uh, so that makes this fight even more intriguing because a lot of people will look at this as, hey, maybe this is Wilder's biggest test to this point. Certainly he beat Stavern not once but twice, including with a with a devastating first-round KO in the rematch. But this is arguably the best. I mean, he's an unbeaten fighter. He's a former uh, lineal heavyweight champion. That's how it's being billed. So a uh, pick up on that point that at least here in the United States – for, for boxing fans, casual sports fans to get interested again, they need, you know, Wilder's stardom. They need an exciting fight like this to re-energize them. David, what about that? I think it's, it's, it's an interesting point, TJ. And for so long, America was the home of the heavyweight championship. And it's it's been away for the best part of 20 years, largely. What is it, uh, if I can interject, it's Lewis Tyson, right? That's the last time we've had this big of a fight involving an American champion or version of the championship i mean that and that's going on 18 19 years you're right yeah yeah indeed and and the last time an american was involved i mean tyson as we know was probably way past his best at that point but the last time an american heavyweight somewhere near prime was uh, fighting at this level was probably holyfield in 99 which is nearly 20 years ago so um the it's been the, the championship's been away but and it's remarkable really that that wilder such a an amazing puncher um, 14 39 knockouts is not an, is not a bigger attraction already in, in and of his own right in America um, but this fight will potentially put him on the map for the casual fan that you mentioned um, and it, it will be important with all the different platforms that are now emerging in America that they can have a heavyweight champion uh, that can engage with that, that larger audience Um the, the style clash is very good for Saturday night, so the, the, there is good potential for it to be exciting. Um, and hopefully there's a good audience viewing in America. There'll certainly be a good audience in the UK because, as we've spoken about before, with the uh, Anthony Joshua effect and so on, there's there's a big audience for, for boxing in, in the UK. Tyson Fury's part of that. Um, but, but hopefully, yeah, we can engage audience again it's it's an important marketplace and it would be good to have an american fighter at, at the top of the division all right i've been i've been wondering this i now want your insight again uh from from over there as we like to say give me an idea of what you think happens in this one how does it go do we go do we go a lot of rounds do we go maybe the distance what do you think happens with wilder fury in, in this matchup that's the that's the sixty four thousand dollar question as we say over here. It's um, um, it's 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 very very difficult to be to to base an, to have an opinion with much certainty because there are so many variables that are, that sure. are difficult. To predict. Well, the, let me do a better out. job. Let me do a better job of asking it then. If it's over early, <laughs> one way or the other, it's over early because of why. In either case, why would it end quickly? Um. Wilder hits Fury on the button and he knocks him out. Um, I personally don't think that will happen, um, and I think, but I think there's also potential for Wilder to hit the deck early if he's caught with a counter punch whilst off balance. It wouldn't take much leverage for an 18 stone or 260 pound man to put the other on the floor. So I think there's there's potential for ups and downs on both sides. Um, the, the the consensus would be that. 
if it's going to be early, then it'll be Wilder doing doing the punching. Uh, but I th- there is there is potential for Fury to surprise Wilder and and take advantage of the opportunities that he always gives you with his wild style. If it goes longer, then naturally the assumption is that Fury is enjoying uh, success and he's able to move, maneuver around Wilder and move Wilder around to his own tempo, frustrate him, score points. Um, befuddle him largely and, le- and leave him looking like an amateur, which he often can look. Um, Ortiz had great success doing that, counter-punching effectively. So the, the, the longer it goes, one could begin to favour Fury. But we have to bring back in, as you've mentioned at the outset, Fury's coming off a long layoff, essentially. Does he have that kind of hardened stamina for, for those later rounds? If Wilder's set a good pace and set a good tempo, there's... There's, there's counter arguments to every to to every route you want to take to a victory. So um, my, my my gut instinct, my, my, I think I'm leaning towards Fury doing this over the distance. But I really would like to see them on the scales, get a sense of what they look like that close to the fight when they're close up to to, to kind of get a picture of of their health and their um, outlook a bit closer to the actual to the actual fight. And again, that's coming with the weigh-ins on Friday and then the fight itself on Saturday. No matter, no matter when you're hearing us on Big Fight Weekend, David and I are talking a little earlier in the week. And again, for Wilder, we saw him, uh, and you know this, David, we saw him get rocked by Luis Ortiz in his last fight in March earlier this year. And he showed something because he didn't go down, he didn't stay down, but he was hurt earlier in that fight uh, and ended up stopping Ortiz. We saw in the Stavern fight in particular, he had the first when he had broken his hand. Now, it's all the way back in 2015. He had broken his hand earlier in the fight. He's had a couple of different occasions where he suffered a broken right hand. He fought through the broken hand, sir, and still won the decision in, in that instance over Stavern. So, uh Again, he's been tested far more, I think, recently than Fury has in terms of going longer rounds. Um, the Ortiz fight was an interesting test. He fought another fighter in late 2015, Johan Duapa. Say, say whatever you want about uh, his chin or his skill set, but it was a 10 or 11 round challenge that Wilder solved and eventually stopped him in that fight. So I think all of these things are factors for when we come around. I guess my point there, my long-winded point, is Wilder has been in some long fights with some tests and has come through uh, probably more recently than the amount of tests that Fury's had. We'll see what that matters coming up on Saturday. Any closing comments here, sir? Anything that we did not cover about Wilder Fury, David? Go ahead. Well, I, I think the last point that you make is a good one uh, in respect of I don't think anyone should question the the stomach or the guts or whatever term you want to put to it, the gumption of either fighter. As you say, Wilder's often criticised for the quality of opponents he's faced, but there's not been many that many options available to him. He tried to make fights with Povetkin who failed tests, etc. So in some ways his resume is weakened by the activities and behaviours of others outside his control. He did come through the gut check versus Ortiz and he found a way to win. Um, and he would probably beat everybody on Fury's record with possible exception of Klitschko and, and vice versa. Fury would probably beat everybody on Wilder's uh, resume too. So th- they will both give everything. And I've seen Fury fight. It's not been in the best condition. 
various points in his career, and he's always found a way to get through. He's, he's, he's dug deep and got through, even against modest opposition when he wasn't motivated. So both are natural fighters, both of enormous self-belief, and both will bring that to the ring on Saturday. And I, and, and I think we've got a fantastic fighting prospect, and, um, and maybe we can talk about it afterwards because the, the, there should be lots to discuss. Well, let's see how it all plays out. Uh, one thing is for sure, both guys unbeaten. And let's see uh, if the big punches come early. Will there be some feel-out period? We, we find out who's in shape as the fight goes on. Is Fury in shape? Again, that's a bit of an unknown right now. While David and I are talking, how much excess weight does he have once he takes the, the robe off and gets on the scale uh, in Los Angeles for this one Saturday night? We're going to find all of that out. I'm excited about it. And again, David, uh, promote again where we can find you your websites uh your writing and also social media go ahead well thank you tj enjoy the chat as always you can find me on boxingwriter.co.uk and i've done a preview already on gambling.com so give that a look out but there'll be more content on boxingwriter.co.uk and you can always catch me on twitter on the boxing writer love this guy's insight david enjoy the fight and we'll look to talk with you in the aftermath of it or down the road about the ramifications of whatever happens with wilder and fury thank you for helping the preview mode sir enjoyed it as always big fight weekend brought to you in part by touch vodka drink eat live local touch vodka We're back on Big Fight Weekend now. Here's your host, T.J. Reeves. As we do continue, a privilege to have a former gold medalist for the United States, a former world welterweight champ, and oh, he is going to be heavily involved in this world heavyweight title fight coming Saturday night with Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury. Mark Breland is a trainer for Deontay Wilder. He's with us here as part of of the Big Fight Weekend preview of the fight. First of all, thank you for doing this. It is a thrill to get to talk to you again, being a longtime fight fan and remembering your great career. Uh, okay, so let's get to it. I mean, right off the bat, how has camp gone? We're counting down the days now to Saturday night. How have things gone from a training standpoint to get Deontay ready for this fight with Fury? Uh, training has been great. You know, we had a good training um, back in Alabama, good sparring, and... Um, He's in great shape. That's the best shape I've seen him in a long time. So he's in great shape. Everything's been going good. One thing, because you've been with him for a long time, you know your fighter as well as anybody. How would you describe how he has looked over the last month in a word or two? What would you use to describe him? Um, I, I would say excellent because, I mean, because sometimes in camp, you know, he kind of dies out a little bit at the end. But he's been he's been. He's been at the top of ever since, you know, he's just going, you know, once he get, you know, once the last couple of weeks, we normally like pull back, but he's been going full speed. And I'm like, oh, okay. I, you know, I'm like, oh, but you know, if it's not, if it's not, if it's not bothering you, I'll leave it alone. And even though he's been doing really, he looks real good. Well, we're happy. I haven't ha- seen him in a while. Well, we're happy uh, to hear that report for this fight coming up. Um, you know, one thing we obviously know about your great career. I've asked you about this before, but for the audience that's hearing us right now, what can you bring to him? And he's won now a bunch of heavyweight title defenses. But when there is a humongous fight like this, what can you bring to him to help him right now in the buildup, in the corner, et cetera, Mark, that's going to help him for Saturday night? Well, my thing, I mean, the guy like Tyson Fury fighting him, 
you know, in fights like this here, here's a guy who's very awkward. And, you know, he does all kinds of stuff basically to get inside your head. And so my thing with Deontay, I tell him, I said, just relax, stay, just stay calm and just do what you got to do. Don't change up nothing for him. Just, you know, just stay relaxed and just stay calm because he's going to, He's gonna to try to frustrate you as much as as much as he can, because Tyson Fury, his whole thing is going the distance. If he goes the distance, it's a win for him. Trying to last, just, yeah, trying to last that just, twelve just, rounds, right, will be a challenge. Right, as long as as long as he don't get knocked out, that's a win for him. Interesting in the preparation here as we talk with Mark Breland, who will be in that corner. Hey, uh, fans are always curious about this part of it. He's got such a great personality, so outgoing. And then it seems like when he gets in the ring, Mark, a switch flips to the bronze bomber who's looking to knock your block off. What, what is that like behind the scenes to see that transformation as you guys get to the arena, get in the dressing room, get warmed up and get in the ring? I mean, as a fighter, you know, myself, even, you know, when I was fighting, I mean, I've always been real late. I've always been laid back. But the day of that fight, you know, going and, you know, once you get into the ring, everything changes. You know, you know everything just changes. Your whole demeanor changes. And it's like, you're another whole, you know, you're another whole different person. With him, and him I mean, he's, he goes, he goes from zero to a hundred. <laughs> and he's wide open. He just, totally, totally um, focused on, you know, he, he's very focused when he, you know, once, once you get into the, like, in the dressing room, you know, once you get into the dressing room, he, you know, he just changes up right there. Hey, you talk about the big stage and the big moment. This is Hollywood. This is Staples Center, Los Angeles. And he's had some big fights. He has fought, obviously, in New York in one of the boxing meccas um, and, has, and has fought in some heavyweight title fights all over the place, including in Las Vegas when he beats Stavern the first time. But to be in Hollywood and to be part of the glitz and the glamour and it's a pay-per-view showdown, how do you keep everything in perspective in the camp and in the corner about staying focused like you mentioned? I mean, I, you know, my thing, she, and, and she was me, everybody looks at me like, oh, my God, you know, you're just so relaxed. And you just, I'm like, ah, this is my demeanor. I'm like, you know, I've done it before, and it's just how you got to be. I mean, you know, but some people, you know, just go all out and just get crazy about it. And sometimes they wind up losing focus. My thing is just stay in focus. Don't worry about it. Just do what you got to do. Mark Breland with us for another moment or two as part of Big Fight Weekend. He's in the corner with Deontay Wilder, a former Olympic champion, a former world welterweight champion. Love his insight into this. Uh, In talking with you in the past, there were question marks about Deontay Wilder that he continues to answer, about punching power, title defenses. He broke his hand, obviously, in that first Stavern fight. It's very well known and fought through it. In his last fight with Ortiz, he got rocked and fought through it and won by knockout. When you see a fighter deal with adversity like that and come through it, doesn't it, isn't it positive reinforcement for the camp, for that fighter psychologically, that Deontay's been tested like that and has still been able to win? Almost oh, definitely. I mean, you know, my thing, you know, when he fought Stephen, when he fought uh, Ortiz and when he got hit, and when he came up to the corner, his eyes was like wide open. I was like, oh, man. And so, you know, I'm talking to him, I'm talking to him. I said, look, just stay off the ropes. I said, stay out of the corners, use your jab, he's going to follow you. 
And he was like, okay. But his eyes were still wide open, so I took some ice and some water and poured it in his trunks. And he was like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I said, you up now? And he was like, yeah. Yeah, I'm up now. But then, you know, you do certain things that, you know, sometimes just, because, you know, after the, after that after the fight was over, the guy it was a guy sitting in the fight. He was sitting right by the corner. He said, "Mark," he said, "When Ortiz hit Deontay, he said you didn't even move, you didn't flinch." I said, "Well, I didn't get hit." He said, "Man, but he said, but that's your fighter, man." I said, "I said, I understand." I said, "But I said, but if I panic, I said, now, but if I panic, he's gonna panic." I said, so I'm not going to panic. I'm just going to do this. When I get back in the corner, okay, I right, need to do this. I want you to do that. You can do this. I mean, some guys get in the corner and just start, okay, all right, look at, all right, do this, and you do this, and you do this. They don't, as a fighter, you don't get all that down. You might get, okay, do this, and you might get that down. If you're talking real fast like that, you know, you you, you don't realize you scrambled, and you're still trying to come to get, get your head together. All right, uh, a couple more fun ones for Mark Breland in the corner with Deontay Wilder, World Heavyweight Title Fight, WBC Heavyweight Championship on the line, Saturday night pay-per-view in Los Angeles on Showtime. Okay, this is somewhat by design. I know this because the Showtime people were looking at the dates. The date is the same day, uh, you know where I'm going with this, with the SEC Championship football game where Deontay's from with the Alabama Crimson Tide playing. You have probably heard more about Alabama football in the last five or six years of your life than you thought you would ever care to hear. How do you keep the fighter from key to get him to key down if this is an exciting championship game? You know he's going to watch it and try to keep track of it. That's his crimson tide. How do we key him down before this fight later in the evening in L.A. on Saturday night? Oh no, I mean he's 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 he um he's, he's totally focused for the fight. But the thing is, like today, you know, doing we were doing our you know a lot of media stuff, and everybody was asking. Well, okay, talk about Deontay. Then they want to talk about Alabama football. I'm like, no, 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 no. No, we don't want no questions about football, no questions about this. If it's not about boxing, I don't want to hear it. There you and go. I mean, they talk about Alabama. I'm like, come on now. It's the whole other game. Keep him out. Keep keep it out. Yeah. Keep him keep him focused. Yeah. Keep him focused yeah, on Fury. All right. So oh, yeah. this this is the fun one. If you are victorious as a team, if Deontay is victorious, what does this mean to beat Tyson Fury if it happens Saturday night, Mark? Oh, it's gonna happen. It's just a matter of time. But uh beat Tyson, we would love to get Joshua, Joshua don't want no parts of Deontay. He, they'll, just, they'll just keep saying, yeah, we want Deontay. Deontay don't want to fight us. But everyone knows already that Deontay wants to fight him. But we all, that's all we want is Joshua. Well, we'll see if that fight can get made uh, at some point. And, and I know this because you guys have talked about this. You were willing to go fight him in London under certain terms as well. And, and, and we're even trying London. to get him to come to New York, right, Mark, to fight with exactly. a bigger guarantee, right? Exactly. I think they were splitting fifty million a piece. No, they were going to get fifty million a piece, and he was like, "No." They were like, "No, no, he can't get the same amount I get." What are you talking about? <laughs> well, keep winning the big ones like this one on Saturday, and then there may not be many other exactly. options or many other choices if if that is the case. Mark Breland, it's always. Uh, my pleasure to get to talk to you as part of Big Fight Weekend. The champ, the champ joining me to talk about the heavyweight champ that he's in the corner with on Saturday. Good luck to you guys. Thank you for the time. 
Thank you. You're welcome. They are big sponsors with us as part of Big Fight Weekend. It is Touch Vodka, and I always love getting to talk with Ron Bartholomew from Touch Vodka, who handles everything with their marketing and all that's going on. And there's big news for these guys as well. He's with me to talk about their product and to talk about this fight as well. Good to have you, sir. Hopefully Thanksgiving was good, and we come off Thanksgiving with what we think would be a wild Maybe big knockout heavyweight championship fight coming on Saturday night. How are you? Yes, sir. I'm doing good, man. I'm glad to be here. Uh, I'm glad to uh, look look forward to this upcoming fight this weekend as well. So big time stuff uh, on a big time weekend. Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, so I've said this to a couple of others. I mean, for the heavyweight division to be good and for an American to be uh, prominent in it. It's good for boxing. I mean, maybe that's selfish for us in the United States because there's, you know, there's obviously Anthony Joshua right now in England. The Klitschko brothers fought Correct. in Europe a bunch, but Correct. I mean, this is a big deal because we have an undefeated American heavyweight champ. So this, this, there's something different about this and what's going to happen Saturday. It's really a big deal for the same, you know, really for the fact that it fortifies. Uh, boxing. It's one thing to be a champion at multiple weight levels, but nothing like a heavyweight champ. The heavyweight champ is the champ of boxing, point blank. Well, and uh, this guy has that personality. This guy has that knockout punch. He has the unbeaten record. He's the drawing card. What do you make, Ron, of the fact I've, I've, uh, I've already built this in as well? It's not in Las Vegas. Uh, Wilder has fought in New York at Barclays Center in Brooklyn. This in Los Angeles, yeah. in Hollywood. It goes left coast. It goes west, west coast. West coast, Staples Center, Hollywood. It's only fitting, be fitting for an American to be the champ. He's going in, and he's going to come out champion. Point blank. Deontay Wilder all the way, 100%. Oh, this sounds like Ron thinks this is going to be an early knockout. We don't know, we don't know a lot about Tyson Fury. We've seen him right. fight a little, saw the Klitschko fight, but it was three and a half years ago. Ron, I mean, how, I, I think a lot of people would be surprised if, if Fury puts up a great fight. Uh, some, you know, some will wonder here what kind of shape he's in. We won't really know that, will we, until this fight goes along for a while. I mean, well, if it goes to the sixth, seventh, eighth round and he's still got something, then we know. Until then, we don't know, do we? Exactly, but at the same time, now Fury is a champion. So once a champion, you know that that's taken a lot for him to be a champion. So you gotta, you can't just throw that away. You have to understand that this man has been a champion. Now, the fact is he's had a, a three-year layoff, so that's problematic. But at the same time, we also have to understand that Deontay Wilder is a knockout artist. Now, what happens if this gets more to a, a boxing-style match? We've seen Deontay get shaken up a little bit in that last fight. And then, uh, you know, he prevailed. But the point is, is we don't really know what we're going to get. Uh, if Deontay has his way, it'll be quick. Um, but we don't know. We, we can't guarantee that. 40 wins, 39 of them early. You were mentioning the Ortiz fight back in March. Uh, and we made reference with Mark Breland about that fight. I love you and I. You and I are old school. We love Mark Breland from the '80s, the '84. Speaking of Los Angeles, in Los Angeles, Olympian. the Olympics yes, in Los Angeles, Breland won the gold medal, and then later the welterweight right. champion. And Breland said That's to right. us in the earlier conversation, Ron, that when Wilder came back to the corner after Ortiz had hit him and rocked him, he was wide-eyed, like he was still hurt. And Breland went for the first right. time. Went, uh oh, we got to get him back. Uh, get him, get his mind exactly. right. Get him back. 
Uh, and, and they did. He dumped water on him. He dumped water, he said, down his trunks to wake him up. He did everything to wake him up. And then he eventually stopped Ortiz. Mm-hmm in the 10th round of that fight. I think this is another good thing, because you're a longtime fight fan like I am. When you've experienced adversity, uh, and we keep talking about this on Big Fight Weekend, when you have experienced, he broke his hand in the first Stavern fight. He fought through it. He won the fight with a broken hand. He won the fight. He got rocked in this last fight. He won the fight. Ron, what does that mean when you see a fighter battle through adversity like that and still come out on top? He's battle-tested. And this is the one thing we have to keep in mind about Deontay Wilder. He's fighting with a purpose. You have to understand that. I mean, you know, his daughter with the, the issues that she's going through, and that's his main purpose. So it's, it's really tough to defeat someone who has a, a purposeful foundation. So, I mean, he's been shaken up a little bit, but guess what? He's just being battle-tested. So I, I look forward to him winning, no, no matter what. But I'm, I'm not going to just play like Tyson Fury as a, a, a true, um, you know, a true opponent. We have to look at it for what it is. The man is once a champion, so... Once a champ, always a champ. And Fury, in his case, 27 wins, 19 knockouts. What kind of power does he have left? The two yeah. guys that he fought earlier this year, not much competition, and he stopped them both. We'll, uh, we'll see. We'll see for that part of the fight. Again, Ron Bartholomew is here from Touch Vodka. They are sponsoring us as part of Big Fight Weekend. Tell me more about the product because you are expanding with Touch Vodka even outside the United States. Tell me more. Yeah, we're, we're looking to expand in early 2019. We've already started shipping to the Orient. So we have Indonesia opening up. We'll have China. We'll have uh, Japan opening up. We'll have uh, the Caribbean opening up. Um, so there's a lot of things that's going on right now. So um, it, and it's strange, you know, because we have other countries opening up when we're not uh, exactly available across the United States. We're only available in Florida and Louisiana at this point. But uh, there's a lot of great things happening. We just had our strategy meetings for 2019. And, um, you know, 2019, 2020, and 2021 with a three-year plan. And uh, we just have great things on the horizon. So thanks to my team for that. And tell us more about the flavors, the different types of Touch Vodka, because there, there, there's a lot of different brands of, uh, of adult beverages here. But you do some unique things with your vodka that I want you to share real quick with the Big Fight Weekend audience. Go ahead. Okay, okay. So the, the original that we have is the uh, Audison. It's made from honey. Um, and it's a different, it's totally different, uh, handcrafted, made from honey, uh, very, very complex. It's a 31 day process in order to make that one. Uh, then we have what we call touch one. It's gluten-free made from non-GMO corn, very, very smooth, original, no flavor. Then we have the three citrus, uh, which one is key lime, one is Valencia orange and the other is ruby red grapefruit. So the process that we do is you don't, we don't, um, smash, mash or cut any fruit. We basically soak the fruit, and also the fruit is what you, what you smell and what you taste in a product. So it's always a, a great-tasting product, um, and it's handcrafted. We make it right, right there in uh, Ybor City, Florida. The reason I'm saying there because I'm riding in Dallas right now while I'm talking to you. <laughs> This man can be anywhere because I've talked to him frequently and he's like, I'm on a jet. I'm going to the Orient. I'm I'm coming back. I've been been in the South. I've been in New York. Uh, So I love that. So, yes, made in Florida. And it's kind of got a taste of Florida. And you've even got a different version of it. It's also a taste of Florida as well, a different type of touch vodka. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, we have we have it's touch vodka. And then we have another vodka that's uh, Nirvana vodka. It's a hemp uh, vodka and a hemp gin. And that's new to market. Uh, just from, for about the last uh, four months or so. So that's expanding as well. And uh, we're with Southern Glacier, the number one distributor in the world. 
um, with, with the Nirvana products. And we're looking forward to Touch being with Southern in uh, January of 2019. Love that. Touchvodka.com is the website. And oh, one more thing. Yes, you have an announcement mm-hmm. about a cruise line that you're now associated with. If, if fans that are listening to us are taking cruises, they yes. can get a hold of Touch Vodka on which cruise line? Yes. Yeah, well, with Royal Caribbean. We just uh, sponsored two Soka cruises with Royal Caribbean uh, cruise lines. And so we're looking forward to uh, continue to talk with them to bring it in. But anyone who's taking a cruise very soon, you should still be able to get some Touch Vodka um, before the end of 20, 2018 is out. So um, we've, we've started that relationship, and it's been a great thing so far, and we're, we're just enjoying it, man. Love All it. All the hard work is paying off. Love it. Ron Bartholomew with me for another moment or two. All right, I'm jealous of you in this regard. I've been to championship fights before. I think I've joked with mm-hmm. you before. I've mm-hmm. not been to one yep. in Vegas. Now, this one in Los Angeles. What uh-huh. is it like when when the crowd rises, the music plays, the fighters are coming to the ring, they're about to ring the bell? Relate that for the audience on Big Fight Weekend as we project what this will be like Saturday night. It's nothing like a like a championship fight. Uh, I've been able and been fortunate enough to be able to sit ringside for quite a few. Um, it's it's a, a great experience. It's nothing like watching it on TV. I can tell you that. Uh, you see the sweat uh, rolling off these guys as they get hit. It's it's a totally different experience, but it's 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 real. It's great showtime, and it's a it's a sport uh, in our country that's one of the best that you can ever experience. So it's an intimate it's an intimate thing when you're there ringside in the arena with the fighters. And it's one of the greatest sports in the world. One of my favorites. Well, and it's different. We joke all the time. It's different than almost mm-hmm. anything because you can be losing mm-hmm. and be way behind and everything changes with a punch. And when you got big dudes, uh, and Al Bernstein is going to be talking about this in a little bit, about how big these dudes are, anything can change with a punch at any time in this fight. And that 100%. is part of the drama that's that makes it different. Uh, from other sports. Listen, do I sneak a prediction? Does Wilder get him out early? Does this go for a while? What's the Bartholomew barometer say? What's the pick? What's the, pick? What's the prediction? Saying, I'm saying Deontay Wilder fifth round. By Middle five. Round. All right, something By fairly five, early. And it may be over earlier than that, depending on, again, what Fury brings and what he has the tank. And, and and there's one school of thought that, hey, there may be some counterpunching opportunities for Fury, and Wilder better be ready for that. We'll see. One, the, 100%. With the big fight coming up uh, with, the big, with the two big dudes here, WBC heavyweight title fight. One more time, Ron Bartholomew, touchvodka.com. They can find out more about how to get your product. Tell them more. Yes, touchvodka.com, nirvanaspirits.com, fatdogspirits.com. All right, check into those uh, different outlets. Ron, thank you. Enjoy the fight Saturday night. I appreciate you being on. Thanks, DJ. I appreciate you, man. This Big Fight Weekend rolls on. It is my pleasure to bring in the Hall of Fame boxing commentator, Al Bernstein, who will be on the call with Mauro Ranallo and Pauli Malinaggi of this a WBC heavyweight championship fight. Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury, Showtime pay-per-view on Saturday night. Al, it is a pleasure to have you again on our program here. And, okay, we get a heavyweight title fight that has got a lot of intrigue here. That's my thought on this. How intrigued are you by Wilder against Fury, both guys unbeaten? Yeah, it's a very interesting fight, and uh, it's probably uh, the one heavyweight fight that's engendered the most interest uh, since uh, Lennox Lewis and Mike Tyson fought some years ago. Uh, and for a variety of reasons, you know, Deontay Wilder, uh, an American champion who had a, a, a great fight his last time out against Luis Ortiz in which he was tested 
dramatically and won in front of a large, enthusiastic crowd at the Barclays Center, taking on Tyson Fury, who had beaten the lineal heavyweight champion, Vladimir Klitschko, several years ago, was out of the sport for a couple of years uh, due to um, drug abuse issues and also mental issue, uh, health issues, uh, has had two fights since he's come back to the sport and feels he's ready to challenge uh, Deontay Wilder. So they're big men with big personalities, and it's made for, I think, an intriguing buildup to this fight. A lot of the discussion about this one is, in some ways, Wilder, while a big puncher, will leave himself open, is, is awkward at times, and will leave himself open to the big punch. Is that what this comes down to? Can Wilder land the biggest of big punches? Can Fury take advantage if there's awkwardness and openings for him? Well, that's one of the intrigues of this fight. Um, Tyson Fury, who is a very clever fighter, and by the way, the first fighter that Wilder is fighting that's actually taller than him, Wilder's 6'7", and Fury is 6'9". Tyson Fury is good at lane traps. He's a very clever fighter. He wants to decompress these rounds and, at the end of the day, get his hand raised after 12 rounds, though he would like to take advantage of Wilder maybe overextending himself uh, you mentioned that Wilder is a very aggressive fighter, somewhat unorthodox. He gets things done with a powerful right hand. And if that right hand lands perfectly, so far no heavyweights have been able to withstand it. Um, so uh, Fury's mission, and he's gone down several times in his career, Fury, but it's always gone up. His mission is to make sure that right hand does not land. Yeah, no doubt about that. Hey, interesting that earlier on this podcast, we talked with Mark Breland, and you know him well, the former U.S. Olympian, former world champion himself. He's been with Wilder almost the whole way in his career. And I asked him about, hey, adversity, fighting through a fight with a broken hand like he did against Stavern when he won the the 12-round decision, fighting through some adversity with Ortiz, rocking him, and then uh, still coming back to win that fight. The fact that he's been tested a couple of ways, what does that say to you about Wilder, his makeup, his moxie, and, and what that means, if anything, for Saturday? Yeah, I think the, the Ortiz fight was really interesting because Luis Ortiz is a very big puncher. I mean, he is a power puncher in the heavyweight division. And he hurt Wilder badly. And throughout most of a, a full round was battering him from pillar to post. Wilder refused to go down. And not only did he refuse to go down, came back to win that fight decisively. So I think that is a big, big, uh, that was a, a really big thing for him to check off on the list of questions about uh, Deontay Wilder. Um, and so he was able to get through that. And that, I think, demonstrates his grit and determination. I love getting a chance for just a few more moments here to talk with Al Bernstein again on the call on Showtime pay-per-view. Okay, a couple of fun ones. Uh, this one not in Las Vegas, and again, Wilder has fought in, in Brooklyn, and obviously Fury has mainly fought uh, in Europe. This one in Los Angeles at Staples Center. Hollywood, Al, and, and the, the mega stars of the big screen of entertainment. You've got LeBron with the Lakers. You've got the Rams kicking butt in the NFL. What about this one with L.A. as a backdrop here? What about it? Yeah, I think that that's an interesting component to this. You know, if I was originally supposed to be in Las Vegas, and uh, it got moved here. And uh, and I think Los Angeles has kind of embraced the idea of having a big heavyweight championship fight here. Uh, they're expecting a very good crowd. Uh, there's been a lot of buzz here about the fight. 
and uh, and I think that that adds another component that's kind of fun to it uh, because it's someplace different than Las Vegas. Though Las Vegas is certainly a great backdrop for the major fights. Uh, this one, I think, with that as, a, as an additional component, makes it extra fun. Hey, I love asking questions like this because you have great insight into this, and I don't know at the moment that we're talking if it's been announced who the referee is, but you mentioned it. It just calls to my my mind. Wilder at 6'7", Fury at 6'9", both of them over 240 pounds. The referee may be a factor on can you get in there and separate guys that are clinching or fouling or things like that. Will that be a factor? What do you think? Yeah, it's a good point. They haven't. I don't know who the referee is yet in this fight, but uh, but but it is a factor, and you do need someone that's going to be able to to handle these two big men. And also, we know that Fury is going to do a lot of holding and grappling. He like he does that in his fights, and Wilder will be looking to shake himself free. So it's a very good question. Uh, we're going to find out who that person is shortly, and and it's going to be an important job in the yeah. ring. No doubt. All right, and one more. When you when I ask this of, of others uh, all the time, when you are getting ready to call this and they dim the lights and the fighters are coming to the ring, you've been doing this for a lot of years, you're in the International Boxing Hall of Fame, do you still get the hair on the back of your neck standing up, and will it be that way Saturday for a heavyweight title fight like this? Yeah, I, I do. And, uh, you know, one of the first major pay-per-views I ever did uh, was Hagler Hearns. Uh, and I'll never forget... Uh, taking my headsets off at that fight and looking around and saying, my goodness, I'm lucky to have this seat and be here doing this. And I've actually made it a habit uh, in all the big fights that I've done of kind of revisiting that moment and kind of channeling uh, that feeling because I think it helps you understand and appreciate uh, an event of this magnitude. And no doubt, and I am a longtime fight fan, a fan of yours, and that is still, to me, the greatest first round of any championship fight I have ever seen. So if you're telling me here on Big Fight Weekend that I get something like that Saturday night for Wilder and Fury for a first round with Al Bernstein on the call with Morrow and Pauly, <laughs> I'm buying. I'm buying the pay-per-view. I'm doing it, Al, if you're telling me that we get something well, like that first go. round. We're hoping for anything, even something approaching that in one of the rounds would be, would be fine. It, you know, these are big men uh, who could produce anything in terms of results. And I think that's part of the allure of the big heavyweight fight. Should be a lot of fun. Al Bernstein, thank you for being with me. We look forward to hearing you on the call Saturday night of Wilder Fury. All right, take care. Big Fight Weekend brought to you in part by Touch Vodka. Drink. Eat, live, local, touch vodka. We're back on Big Fight Weekend. Now, here's your host, TJ Reeves. Yep, we are counting down Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury, WBC Heavyweight Championship fight, 12 rounds, Staples Center, Los Angeles. So to give me some insight, oh, look who it is. A guy that is all Hollywood, a fellow namesake, Mr. Thomas Looney on with Thomas Reeves Jr. here on Big Fight Weekend. A lot of people don't know what TJ stands for. Some think it stands for total jerk. Not the case. I I always thought it was your gangster name. Yes, TJ uh, for Thomas Jr. with Thomas Looney, my old colleague from Fox Sports Radio, who's as big a fight fan, maybe bigger than I am. How are you? Everybody has a particular area of genius, TJ. I have 11. (laughs) One of them is the sweet science, and thanks for having me on. (laughs) Okay, you're on the 
left coast. You're in L.A. Yes. Is Liberal this – I mean, yes. we're, we're leading up to it. Is this a big deal in a town that it's tough to be a big deal in, in an area that it's tough to be a big deal in? Are people starting to gravitate to this? Do they care? Wilder Fury, Saturday night, Showtime, Staples Center? It's a guy from uh, Europe and a guy from the United States of America. This is a very Mexican city, TJ. And my Mexican brothers and sisters love boxing. It's the biggest sport in this city and the largest crowd ever to see anything at Staples Center ever was a fight with Antonio Margarito and Sugar Shane Mosley several years ago because, as you know, even when you have a fight in a basketball stadium, you can put people down on the floor. So they had more people there, I think 22,000, than you can fit for a Laker game or a Lakers final. So, yes, boxing's always big in the City of Angels. All right. Uh, So what about for you? Because Wilder, I mean, he's fought some eh, competition. He's knocked them all out. Fury, as you mentioned, is not a largely known commodity in the United States. He's big. He's from the U.K. Does this appeal to Thomas Looney Saturday? Oh night. Well, yeah, and of all the fighters that I've met, and I've gone to 40 um, fights in Vegas over the years since 2001, and I think that probably the most visible person over the course uh, of the last several years has been Deontay Wilder. He's always showing up, promoting his brand, very charismatic, a sober cat, unlike Tyson Fury, and he's um, so he's really working hard at the brand, and I will tell you one thing, he's been knocking so many guys out sometimes as an underdog, that it seems like his competition is so-so. But when you are that talented, a lot of times you make your competition look so-so. It doesn't mean they are so-so. Yeah, it's a good point that that you make. I mean, he's ended everything early except the one fight with Stavern when he first won the WBC belt, and then he avenged that decision with a first-round knockout in the rematch of Stavern of that fight. Uh, Okay, so a couple of... What's fun about him, TJ, is... He's sloppy at times. Yeah. And when you have a sloppy fighter, at times they get hit. There's mistakes made. And when there are mistakes made, guys go down. As we learned from Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao, those are two guys who are sweet scientists. They are geniuses in the ring, and they don't make mistakes. When you don't make mistakes, a fight can be really boring. Big guys, and these two are going to make mistakes out there, so guys are going to go down. It's going to be fun. It should be a lot of fireworks, and we wonder what kind of fury we get because the guy has basically fought two times this year but had not fought in almost three years because yeah. he was a head case. There's rumors of drug use. Not rumors. Wait, he admitted it. Right, and, right, and, and then, attempted suicide. Yes, yep. and, and then weight ballooning around 300 pounds. I mean, we don't know what kind of shape he's in. And then again, he's got the big punch, So, and that changes everything. And when guys are this size, they always have a puncher's chance. But I think when you take a look at Deontay Wilder, he's a sober guy. He's been doing he's been an athlete the last three years when Tyson Fury has been a party guy, ecstasy, alcohol. I think he said cocaine, too. He he, he went through the list on a podcast, uh, uh, <laughs> Joe Rogan, that I, and it was a pretty long list and fast cards, thinking of suicide. And and Deontay Wilder, at least in that department. Yeah, is has been a sober guy out there promoting himself, really into his uh, his profession more so 
than Tyson Fury. So I think that's really going to give him an advantage in the later rounds, and the fight will go into later rounds. Oh, he believes that it will. Some perspective from Thomas Looney, my colleague. We're both from formerly from Fox Sports Radio. We'll yeah. get to what Tom is up to here in a few moments, but he loves boxing. He's in L.A. I I'll wanted to get some insight. talking about myself. I can't wait for that portion of uh, yes, the show. Yes, yes. We will get okay. to that coming. I mean, Tom, Tom, before I hit the record button, was going down the list of how many different gigs he's already gotten oh, now yes. that he's out of radio. See, your life brightens up when you're out of radio, so that's a good thing. <laughs> well, yeah, that, a lot of things happen. <laughs> it's got good things on that. Hey, big picture thing, and this is an obvious one. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw one 80 miles an hour belt high right down the middle. So here it comes. Okay. Uh, it, when the heavyweight division is great, and when there's an American Tyson, mm. uh, you know, go back in the history of it. Ali, I, what, if, Foreman, yes, Ali. Foreman, Larry Holmes, all of it. When there's an Evander Holyfield, somebody that's yeah. American that has the heavyweight belts, we gravitate more to it. How much more is the importance of of the interest of the sport on Deontay Wilder's shoulders and how he does Saturday night. What do you think? Uh, it's really important. But I will tell you this. European and British heavyweights throughout the years, last 120 years, have been pretty predictably poor. In America, big-time boxing fans have always referred to European and British heavyweights as horizontal heavyweights because they haven't fared well against American heavyweights. And World heavyweight title fights have predominantly been in Europe. Over the past years uh, with Vitelli and uh, Vladimir Klitschko holding the belts. Here's the dirty little secret, though, TJ. Neither one of those guys, Vitelli or Vladimir Klitschko, won any belts and became heavyweight champions until after they became American citizens. <laughs> they were Americans. So that's a dirty little secret there. Even though they were thought of as Europeans and they had European accents and fought in Europe, they lived in California. They were both young communists who eventually seek asylum in the United States, <laughs> the greatest country on earth. And once they became American citizens, they became tougher. Oh. And that's when they won their belts. This is a man that can break it down because he can go back to like fighters like Michael Dokes that used to fight for the time. Remember that name? What a great name. Not Dukes. Not put up your Dukes. Simmons. But go like, back to Jack Johnson, heavyweight champion. Of course. You know, and then move forward to Joe Lewis and all the others, Rocky Marciano. And then and now we're getting into the barbershop of coming to America if we keep if we keep going <laughs> down that road and the Eddie right. Murphy movie. All right. So uh, on the big picture again here, uh, we don't need a boring fight. And I, I think we may get an exciting fight but a boring fight would be bad tom i think that's rather obvious for boxing and people there's no chance of this being a boring fight and i think sometimes those of us experts we make a mistake at not not warning people that a fight may be a boring fight like with manny pacquiao and floyd mayweather we just told our casual fan friends oh this is it this is the one and we forgot to say caution it could be boring. These guys don't make mistakes. They might just stand there and look at each other. That can happen. With these two, with Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder, because of their size, because of their quick hands, because of the awkward style in the early rounds of Tyson Fury, probably confusing Wilder, and because of Wilder's conditioning late in the rounds, and when the old guys get tired, they can get hit by a, and make a mistake, get hit by a big shot. This fight's going to have, I guarantee it, all of this, all of the above. The Tom Looney guarantee here on Big Fight Weekend on the podcast. And by the way, I was the first guy to ever say that. Tony Bruno stole that from me, and then Mike and Mike stole that from Tony Bruno. But it was really really mine. The lineage of the Tom Looney uh, lines. Uh, All right, I'll circle back to boxing in a second. Uh, Listen, you and I enjoyed many a night on Fox Sports Radio. I would fill in for the JT The Brick Show. You would be on uh, with... 
with Tom Looney. With Tom Looney, we, we, right? I would I, then it would be TJ filling in for JT with uh, initials dyslexia with Tom Looney. A lot of times on Fox Sports Radio. Um, and so now, what are you up to? I hear things about game show possibility and other yes. things that are going. What's going on with Thomas Looney? Not just being a fight fan. I'm glad, I'm glad my spin is working. You've heard about that? Yes, I've got a game show in development. It's a very unique idea, TJ. We ask questions and people try to answer them, and they win money. It's never <laughs> been done before in the history of, in the history of game shows it's in development i'm working on the app version next week because of course you have to stay relevant in terms of technology i'm really looking forward to it and when i can talk more about it, i had to sign mm-hmm. a long mm-hmm. stormy annuals type non-disclosure agreement an nda as we inside hollywood people call it so i can't talk too much about it but uh, it is in development, and it's a lot of fun. I was one of those odd kids when I stayed home from school. I didn't sit there and watch The Price is Right and try to play the game. I watched The Price is Right and said, I want to host that show someday. <laughs> I watched all the game shows, Jokers, Wild, and everything else, Newlywed Game, no matter what it was, and I thought, I want to host that. I was one of those deeply intellectual children that wanted to host a game show one day when he grew up. I love it. And we may be seeing your mug and your your likeness and elsewhere on commercials and those kind of things. He's so Hollywood. He put yes. off he put off this interview because, quote, I'm at NBC right now That's doing true. something with a fitting or something. You put you were all you were all Hollywood on me. So yesterday we couldn't do it. It's an Alley Bank commercial. It's a Northwestern Bank chain, I guess. I will be playing a funny dentist in the commercial. So a funny actor who doesn't know what he's doing is playing a funny dentist who doesn't know what he's doing. Should be fun. <laughs> All right. The Thomas Looney uh, with me for a few more moments on Big Fight Weekend. Uh, again, for the audience that's not been, uh, and a lot of our listeners uh, maybe have not had the privilege to be, you watch on pay-per-view, you watch on TV. Okay, that's one thing. When you are in the arena and they oh. dim the light, and they turn the music on pick it up from there on what it is like when they come to the ring there is almost nothing like it now remember the chills going down my spine when i saw a lot of great oscar de la hoya fights over the years the lights would go down mariachis would fire up because boxing has always been about ethnic racial pride national pride so it's always been very important it's usually the newer immigrants that are fighting back 100 years ago it was italians and irish and jews and then it became and and now it's latinos and filipinos (laughs) etc and right and so people are people love to cheer for the people who look like them and hear the music and so when people have flags wrapped or people from puerto rico have the flag wrapped around them or people with mexican roots or uh, etc because of the national pride the ethnic pride there's almost nothing like going to a big time fight and when i was a kid one of my goals in life this is all about goal visualization tj i wanted to make enough when i got older to go sit ringside at a big fight when i was a big boy instead my profession allowed me to go for free nevertheless (laughs) i would get credentials to go to these big fights, I've been to 40 in Vegas, uh, and, and sit there and watch them ringside. And it's what I wanted to do as a kid. It's always been my favorite sport since I was a kid. And it's nature and not nurture. My dad died when I was five. My dad's favorite sport, boxing. So mm. I didn't grow up in a house where a dad said, watch boxing with me, son. He wasn't there. But I grew up in a house where I wanted to watch boxing whenever it was on television. My mother was fascinated by how it was in my DNA. 
Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I mentioned those moments, and I've been around some some world heavyweight championship fights uh, and some and some other fights at the lower weight oh. classes, and had a oh chance. God. I mean, it, it is you. I'm the hair on the back of my neck is standing up. You try to relate it to okay, like that Patriots uh, uh, Falcons Super Bowl that went to overtime. All right? right, or Game Seven of the World Series that's going into the eighth or the ninth inning, and it's tied. And we had that with the Cubs and the Indians a couple of years ago. You try to relate the drama to that moment, the moment where they've walked into the ring, the lights have dimmed, and the bell is about to ring. That's about the best way that I can equate the drama because anything can happen once the bell rings and it might be over in the first round. Right, and I think your analogy to World Series, because in World Series, you know, if the Super Bowl, the crowd isn't as much into it because it's a corporate crowd, but at World Series, many times they are held in the city where the team is from. It's held in Los Angeles and it's Dodger fans. It's held in Houston and those are Astros fans. Those are people cheering for the name on the front of the jersey. And with biting, uh, with, with boxing and, and fighting, you have people cheering for the guy that looks like them, the guy who comes from where they do. The, and so you have that passion. People are into it, and there's nothing like being at a live fight. All right. I got to go here in a moment. You've been oh, tremendous. You, got, you didn't ask me about my prediction yet. Uh, I, uh, hey, yeah. are you clairvoyant? Or is your next thing the yes. psychic hotline? Because that was coming right now. Okay, good. Who wins and how long does it take? Aha! Well, Fury's bigger than Wilder. Fury has quicker hands. Tyson Fury has quicker feet. Good boxer, awkward style. He can make anybody look bad. He'll make Wilder look bad early on. He'll have Wilder has problems early with awkward fighters. He seems to have problems early with every fighter. But Deontay Wilder's opponents eventually get worn down. He's never had a problem with conditioning. He's always seems to be stronger in the later rounds. Tyson Fury may have issues with that, considering what he's been doing the past three years compared to Deontay Wilder. Deontay Wilder can end any fight at any moment, but especially late in the fight. He can do it with either hand. He could be down on the cards, but win with a blanket of an eye late. Wilder by late knockout. Book it and lock it. How about that? All right. Book it and lock it, he says, on Deontay Wilder late. Thomas Looney. He is great to follow on Twitter, on social media. Good luck. Looney on Fox. That's where I am. I'm still there on Twitter. It was a – when I I left Fox Sports Radio, it was a – amicable uh, departure tj so i yep. can still use my loony on fox moniker until it's loony on something else or <laughs> loony about something else uh, but it's always great waxing loquaciously with you tj i love it i've missed it let's see what we get out it's of up. wilder and fury and promise me this i would love to okay. come back to you future big fight weekend podcast to talk the sweet science because you're a great uh, conversationalist on the uh, on the pugilism i think i got all of that right anything. i can talk about anything yeah. i told you i i you have to be a savant to do this job and uh you know you have to be an expert in many areas and as i mentioned it will bookend with this tj uh everybody has a particular area of genius i have 11 (laughs) i love sitting here talking to you with these sony headphones turned up really loud in my ears love the sound of my own voice yours is okay too i will come back anytime I love it. Have fun being the wacky dentist in the game show. Have fun with the fight at Staples. Tom Looney, thank you. Yeah, CJ. Well, there's really only one thing left to do. We had the mayhem of the press conference Wednesday where the guys were going nose-to-nose, jawing, trying to sell the pay-per-view. We've had the weigh-in coming on Friday night for these two guys as heavyweights. What kind of shape will Fury be in? We know the bronze bomber will be in great shape. 
Will this end early with a big punch by one of these guys or a couple of big punches? Who knows? The longer the fight goes on, it has to favor Deontay Wilder because he's going to be the guy that's going to be in better shape. You have to believe that. I know that Fury upset Klitschko in a great performance by him, but that was three and a half years ago. And he's not been in the ring with anybody like Klitschko over the course of the last three-plus years. Advantage Wilder. Uh, Wilder in his home continent in the United States, even though it's not in Alabama, it's not in New York where he's fought for frequently as we keep saying on the podcast it's going to be in LA it still should be a pro wilder crowd let's see let's see if a lot of the the fans from the UK invade Staples Center and are cheering and chanting like a British soccer game for Tyson Fury in this matchup will Fury be able to land the big punch against Wilder will he leave himself open that's what we're going to find out should be a lot of drama and intrigue I like Deontay Wilder to win and Wilder may stop him early by the way I don't know that this fight sees the fifth or the sixth round it may be an early win for Wilder. Then again, Fury could hang in. I still think Deontay Wilder comes out on top and then calls out Anthony Joshua. I mean, how much longer can Joshua avoid fighting the best fighter in the division that he hasn't fought? I mean, how much longer will the uh, will the folks around Joshua, uh, Eddie Hearn and Matchroom Boxing and all of that, how long will they be able to dance around fighting the premier guy who's got a portion of the heavyweight title who keeps knocking out everybody he fights? If this is a knockout for Wilder, uh, he should draw the line in the sand and say to Anthony Joshua, whether we fight in England, whether we fight in New York or Alabama or on the moon, let's do this at some point, 2019, 2020, let's go. Let's get that fight together. Let's see what happens first, though, with Saturday night. Again, Showtime pay-per-view will have it Saturday evening. Main event somewhere around 11 p.m. hour Eastern time, 11.30 in the West, something like 8.30 in the U.K. What is that? About uh, five hours ahead, probably somewhere around 4 in the morning in the U.K. This fight will be going on. 4.30 in the morning, something like that, for Fury to try to pull the upset with Deontay Wilder. Both guys unbeaten. A lot of knockouts. Again, Wilder's only had one fight, the fight with Stavern, where he won the title the first time uh, back uh, five, six years ago, the 12-round decision. He avenged that decision with a first-round knockout in the rematch with Stavern. Let's see if Wilder can push him. I don't think that's going to be the case. The Bronze Bomber's going to have too much punching power in that big right hand. But hey, it's boxing. There's intrigue. Let's see what happens. Again, a blast to be on this preview. My thanks to Deshaun Tate in Atlanta for being with me. Thomas Looney former Fox Sports Radio colleague out in L.A., across the pond, David Payne, love the accent, theboxingwriter.co.uk is his website, giving us a little insight on Tyson Fury. Thanks also to Ron Bartholomew and our sponsor, Touch Vodka. Go to touchvodka.com and find out more about how to get their product. They've rolled it out, including on Royal Caribbean Cruises, and uh, you can find out more about ordering Touch Vodka and all their different flavors at touchvodka.com. We thank Ron for being here. Mark Breland will be in the corner of Deontay Wilder, the former Olympic champion, the former world welterweight champion, loved his insight on the program. And Al Bernstein, the Hall of Fame commentator that'll be on the call, Mauro Ronaldo, as well as Pauli Malinaji. And Al Bernstein will call the fight on Showtime pay-per-view for the U.S. TV broadcast coming up on Saturday evening. So we thank all of those guests for being with us. Thank you to our friends at Radio Influence, distributing out Big Fight Weekend as the podcast. And whether you found us through Apple Podcasts, through TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Play, thank you for doing so. Spread the word. Subscribe to this show. Rank it. Review it. More people will find it. Share it out on social media. I hope you enjoyed this preview. More, more than an hour's worth of preview interviews for Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury. The fight going on Saturday night. I can't wait. All the 
championship football will be going on in college football. I know we got the NFL on Sunday here in the United States with pro football, but this fight has huge magnitude and implications. Will Wilder get the big knockout, the spectacular knockout that launches him into superstardom? Let's see if that is the case Saturday. I think he will score early, often, and maybe even a quick knockout. Let's find out what Fury has in the tank. Anyway, that'll do it for our preview for all of my guests. I am your humble host. I'm going to take a breath (sighs) and be ready for Saturday. Wilder and Fury coming up on Showtime Pay-Per-View, and we've been previewing it right here as part of Big Fight Weekend. This is a Landry football with Chris Landry. Quick fix on Radio Influence. We told you here and we told you on LandryFootball.com that Lynn Schwan was adamant about keeping and bringing Clay Helton back. Um, the only issue and the only variable was were they going to get overturned or overridden by some influential boosters and board members that felt that a move should be made? Well, Lynn is one. Lynn has decided that he wants to bring Clay back. There's going to be staff changes. We'll see how this plays out. My concern is long-term. Can the recruiting be upgraded as it significantly needs to be upgraded? And can the development of players be upgraded enough to show enough improvement within a year to make this move palatable in a year? Right now, it's not going to be pleasant. Next year, if they're able to win the Pac-12, go to the Rose Bowl or beyond, that'll suffice. That'll give them another year. Anything less than that, anything less than getting to the Pac-12 title game uh, and perhaps winning it is that's going to be enough, and then and it'll be time. So it's very difficult now. And you say, "Well, you're going to make staff changes." Well, yeah, you're going to make staff changes. It's USC. You can pay a lot of money, but what are you going to have to do? You're going to have to guarantee to get really quality coaches. You're going to have to pay a lot of money, and you're going to have to give them probably two, three year deals, or or else they're not coming for a lame duck coach. That's the problem that you deal with in situations like this. Chris Landry brings you Landry Football every week on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and, of course, RadioInfluence.com.